It's me, Mario, telling you that this show has some bad language. Please listen responsibly. Have you ever gone surfing? I've never surfed. Do you have any urge to surf? The water calls to me. Okay, Moana over here. <laughs> Picking <laughs> rocks out of the water and going on adventures with older gentlemen, which is strange when you think about it. That is strange. Like, I get he's a god and all, but, I mean, I wouldn't want to see him outside of his school zone. That's all I'm saying. Demigod. Apologies to all the real gods that don't exist. Apologies. <laughs> I have no urge to surf at all. And this movie was like the first time I ever went, maybe. Maybe. I feel like um, I have some fun with a boogie board every once in a while. That's as close as you're getting, though. You hop on the old bookster and you you go for oh, it? I'm not hopping on anything, no. One I don't understand is the people who do the wood board that just goes right across the... Oh, yeah. The, the shoreline or whatever it, it is. Skimboarding or something is like that. Is that what? It, and they're just taking out people's ankles and yeah. they're just like, it's no big deal. What's your deal here? Why are you the beach equivalent of a chihuahua? That's pretty much what it is. Those ankle biting wakeboarders. <laughs> but I mean, you got like levels of assholery that go on at the beach. You have the people who remain on the sand and they're perfect. They're, they're doing it completely right. No complaints. And especially the ones. With the tents now, they have like the pop-up tents that are there. It's wonderful. That's the way uh, the beach was meant to be enjoyed. Here's the thing about the pop-up tents. If there's a lot of people on the beach and there's people behind you, kind of an asshole if you have the pop-up tent. The water's there. It's a shoreline. It's not like you're blocking somebody's view at the big game or at the, the movie you theater. Could be. Or something. You could be. I mean, yeah, if they have small children in the water or something. I mean, imagine. That I get. You're all set up on the beach and these clowns come and set up right in front of you where you're already set up. That's the level of assholery. Go closer to the water. You should have set I up have to closer. Move. Eh. <laughs> eh. I say tense, still on the asshole uh, level of, of existence at the beach. Okay. Okay. So we found it then. We found the beach level asshole. You have the wakeboarders. They're the worst of the worst, without a doubt, right? Sure. You have the boogie boarders, who are kind of cool, admittedly. It's the people who go like halfway between surfing and, well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, basically just paddling around. It is, and you catch like the little kind of wave every now and then. You go like you're 30 feet, and you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah, that was a rush. You fall off the thing, and the shark on it that's vinyled on is smiling, and you're like, that's right, shark. <laughs> Me and shark you, buddy. <laughs> knows what's up. And then off of it, you have the proper surfers who are way out, and they're not really bothering anybody, but they're doing crimes all the time. They're doing their own things, and sometimes those things are crimes. You're a fan of the Foo Fighters, right? I'm a big fan of the Foo Fighters. You know how the song Best of You starts out? Do you have a confession to make? I sure do. I've never seen this movie before. Oh, same. Holy shit! <laughs> okay! <laughs> I thought that you had absolutely seen Point Break from 1991, directed by Catherine fucking Bigelow before. I had never seen Point Break from 1991, directed by Catherine fucking Bigelow before. So me and you just p -p poker faced it completely to each other? Without 100%. Knowing <laughs> Both of us were acting like we'd seen it and had not. Beautiful. Give me your thoughts. Man, I want to go surfing now. 
oh, that's not where I saw this going. I wanted to go put on a presidential mask and go do crimes. That or actually sounds way more fun. if you're Donald Trump, you just wear your own face and do crimes. Just wear your own face and do your crimes. And then talk about them in interviews and after you... <laughs> Man, uh, not a political podcast. Not a political podcast, but we got multiple questions about masks and crimes already. Oh, okay. On the Facebooks. This is going to be a rare, let's get these questions out of the way early. Michael Perdue wants to know, if you're going to wear a presidential rubber mask, whose would it be? And I'm still standing by Donald Trump because they'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, they wouldn't even know it's mad. They'd be just like, yeah, there he is. There he is. He's doing the crimes crimes. again. I got to like face, we don't have any Republican listeners anymore. I'm okay with it. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Vince Misafra says rubber mass and robberies just go together. Point break, the town, baby driver, the dark knight. What type of masks would our heist have? Gary Busey masks. Vince Misafra mask, done. Oh, even better. I'll slap it on there. I'll even I'll do the Hannibal Lecter. I'll cut it right off and it'll be realistic as hell, man. Yeah, but then we'll only have one mask. That's fine. I don't mind having one. I'll wear his face. You wear Micah's face or something. Okay. Deal. And that kind of ties into Jeff Miner's question of, we're doing a string of bank robberies. Who's in our group? We've got Vincent Misafra. We've got Micah Verdue already. And they don't need masks because <laughs> they don't have faces. They don't. And we should just really invite Jeff along and tell him, no, nah, no, nah, we're not doing masks this time. Well, you got to have the one guy who shows up late to the heist. And, and it's going to be him. And, and we, like, we tell him we're not doing masks. Trustworthy, but and yeah. uh, he's going to be our fall guy. Perfect. It'll be perfect. No notes. No notes. We've we've absolutely crushed it. That's been point break. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we crushed this one. You want to get into it? Yeah. For realsies? Now, now that we've established Dave's five. We can, That's uh, it. <laughs> get into point break. Our first category is story motivation. We have the uh, synopsis right from the Wikipedia's former Ohio State quarterback and rookie FBI agent Johnny Utah, played by Keanu fucking Reeves. Assist experienced agent Angelo Pappas, played by Gary fucking Busey. (laughs) His shirts in this movie are ridiculous. Uh, Everything is ridiculous. The way he yelps before he jumps into the pool in his first scene. It's wild. No notes. uh, There he is. Gary Busey. Gary Busey all over the screen. How long do you need to be an FBI agent? in order to dress this comfortably? Because he's walking around the, the beaches and streets of L.A.? Question mark? Like he's in a fucking Tommy Bahama commercial. He does. He's just all... I think he says 22 years. Is that like, instead of them giving you a watch, like, na 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 I want a beach shirt. Yep! At 20 years, you're allowed to wear uh, Hawaiian shirts. That's that's the rule. You, you made it 20 years there, Gary Busey. It's time for you to get a little silly. I've discharged my weapon in the, in on duty 19 times, and now I get to wear my Guy Fieri shirts. Perfect. So these two agents are investigating a string of bank robberies by the ex-presidents, a gang of robbers who wear rubber masks of Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon, and Lyndon B. Johnson. Uh, not a crook. Classic Ronald Reaganism. That's right, and they keep repeating it in this movie. I'm not a crook. Don't know Just like Lyndon B. Johnson said? Just exactly like Jimmy Carter always said. Can I ask you a strange question uh, about history? Sure. So, Dealey Plaza, 1963. JFK catches a bullet right in the dome there. Mm-hmm. He goes down. Everyone's like, another guy on the grassy knoll? Maybe. 
but totally Lee Harvey Oswald's sixth floor book depository there. He, he's the one who probably did it, right? I mean, maybe. Yeah, probably. Who knows? Where was LBJ during all this? Where was LBJ? It's his home state of Tejas. Hmm. And he's not just sitting around with his hand on a Bible like, is it time? They get him? <laughs> Well, that's an interesting new ripple to the theory, to the conspiracy theory, Dave. I think I want to be a conspiracy theorist. It seems I feel easy. Like that's it why be, it would be fun to a certain level. But if, if you start believing this stuff too much, it might it might start getting scary. It could get scary, but I mean, this might be my only way to get on a podcast people actually listen to because Joe Rogan's going to call me right up. Well, look, listen, I will issue uh, a challenge right now to Joe Rogan to come on our show and debate us. Please debate us that LBJ was the man on the grassy knoll. And he's going to be like, no notes. Yeah, of course it was. Obviously. I didn't even make that connection that you were accusing LBJ. Oh, totally accusing LBJ. I just thought you were saying it was suspicious that he wasn't there. But yeah, no, he definitely did it. He absolutely did it. You don't have a wife named Lady Bird and you don't pull off weird shit like this. Is that how it goes? Something like that. You can't be marrying ladybirds and not killing presidents. It doesn't make sense for you to marry someone named Ladybird. That's a <laughs> dog's name. That is a dog's name. Also an excellent movie. Is that the Greta Gerwig one? Yeah. How hyped are you for Barbie? Because I am unbelievably hyped for it. I, uh, I had, I've been pretty excited about it, but when I saw the trailer, the full-length trailer before The Flash, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm 100% in. Oh, what did you think of the Flash trailer before the Flash? I didn't get a Flash trailer before the Flash. Did you get a Flash trailer? I totally did get a Flash trailer before the Flash. And it was right as I was sitting next to my buddy Max, and he's just like, I haven't seen any trailers for this. And that was the ultimate fuck you to people (laughs) avoiding spoilers. I haven't even seen any trailers. I'm trying to go into this completely unspoiled. (laughs) And then Ezra Miller popped up in the timeline just to ruin that for you. Sure did. That's classic Ezra, though. That is. That's that's old-fashioned Ezra. Or new-fashioned Ezra. I feel like old-fashioned Ezra didn't, you know, kidnap kids, put bullets in their mouths, and hide out in Vermont. Right. They just spoiled movies. That's right. <laughs> Do you think that is pretty buck wild that these ex-president robbers don't go to the vault? They just kind of do the teller thing? where they're... It's an interesting strategy, because it means I you think can get works. in and out pretty quick, yeah. And instead of gone in 60 seconds, they're gone 90 seconds, so, right. you know, worse movie. Nick Cage would be disappointed, but I feel like doing it that way, you have to hit more banks more often, and that increases your chances of getting caught. Unless you aren't really hung up for money. That's true. I mean, what are these guys doing all day? Surfing, man. And that's why you got Angela Pappas, Gary fucking Busey. He's got this insane theory that it's surfers, and everyone looks at him like he's a crazy person. I love Not just this. because he's Gary Busey. <laughs> They're like, you're crazy, but also your theory's crazy. When did Gary Busey flip the switch to uh, go from respected actor to crazy? Because he is Oscar nominated. Let's not forget that. How could we? It was, I think it was around the time of that motorcycle accident he had before this movie. So this might be first crazy Busey. Well, by Black Sheep, he is full-blown out of his mind Busey. And that's not too many years after this. Exactly. I love that they suspect that it's surfers. And he's been saying this. They make fun of other FBI agents, make fun of him for this theory for years. But as soon as Johnny Utah shows up, they're like, all right, fine. Look into the surfer theory. Now he's got a partner. It seems okay to investigate. It's like, ah, oh, you're crazy theory. You're a silly goose. And then it's like, 
okay, this guy's going to go undercover, deep undercover with surfers, because we decided we're going to we're going to try out your your little shenanigans for once. Now, I know we just hired an age-appropriate guy who sounds like a surfer and looks like a surfer, <laughs> but that has nothing to do with us deciding to go after the surfers now. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Just seems like it's time. Hey, we're still going to make fun of you for thinking it's surfers, but we're also going to let you do the thing. Is this the part we get to talk about Lori fucking Petty? Let's talk about Lori fucking Petty, because she plays Tyler, and she is in the movie. She sure is. I'm not sure what her purpose is. There's got to be a love interest in these movies. I guess so, but is she? I don't think she starts out that way. No, she definitely does. She's too cool for school. She's way too cool. She's she's out there surfing, and Keanu's trying to learn how to surf, and she's like, get out of here. You're going to get yourself killed. And then he's got to like dig up some information about her, finds out that she's like Batman. She doesn't have any parents. So he's like... <laughs> I'm going to go show up to her work and tell her I don't have parents, and then she's going to teach me to surf. That's all you need is, you don't got those parents? That's super. I don't got those parents? That's also super. Let's surf. 6 a.m. You clearly don't have any commitments for the entire day, even though you're working right now. (laughs) I'll see you here tomorrow at 6. All right. My mom's name was Martha. What was yours? (laughs) Why'd you say that name? (laughs) Whoa. Why'd you say that name? That was my mom's name, too. Do do you know what two rhymes with? Kung Fu. Kung Fu, too. Whoa. Whoa. Is Tyler a MacGuffin? That's That's my big question, is I don't think she's so much a love interest as she is a human, walking, talking MacGuffin. Yeah, um, she is kind of there to be the throughway of Johnny Utah meeting Bodhi. And then eventually becoming the reason that he needs to... Yeah, yeah, she feels pretty MacGuffin-y. Well, at first I was like, I'm going to use you to learn how to surf. And then I was like, well, actually, I think I love her. And then I was like, well, now I got to save her? And then I was like, all right, cool. I guess we just live happily ever after or something? I don't know. Because you're not <laughs> you're not there later. I don't Yeah, no, she's there to move the plot forward. If it takes her to meet a Patrick fucking Swayze, yes, please. Yeah, every time. This is like the perfect Patrick fucking Swayze, too. Okay, I've always been like, Swayze's a pretty cool guy, but now that I've seen this, Swayze is the fucking cool guy. He is the cool guy. He's so laid back and Uh, level-headed, but he's awesome at the same time. Like, those two things I feel like shouldn't go hand in hand. Exactly. If you're going to be level-headed, you should just be boring as shit. Right. Talking about, like, Thomas Pynchon books or something like that. You can't be down to earth and awesome at the same time. It doesn't no, make sense. It's not fair. And look like that? Right? I, I, he's got like that, that chiseled jaw on this and what today would be probably a wig on his head with all that hair. He's got all a mane, hair. man. He's got a mane. It looks fantastic. So to all of the wed bed the heads I'm sure are coming. It's it's Swayze. Zero. For all the beds. We didn't get any. That's surprising for this one. because there should have absolutely been a Swayze Reeves Busey one. There should have been. We could do it if you'd like. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking Swayze. I'm marrying Busey. I'm killing Reeves. I'm probably actually just going to fuck, marry, and kill Patrick Swayze in this one. I'm going to, to just absolutely raw dog Patrick Man, fucking Swayze. You don't have to kill I'm him. I'm going to town on him. And then I'm going to realize that 
that man was a golden god in this movie. I'm going to mm. have to marry him. I got to lock him up all for me. Lock and I'm going to love up. him so much that I'm going to kill him so no one else can have him so ever he again. So have to suffer later on because of cancer. That's right. <laughs> Way to bring it all down there, Brian. Whoo, but how cool is Swayze is what I meant to say. <laughs> Uh, the parachuting is later, so you don't have to pull the ripcord now. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, Swayze has some friends, Roach, Gromit, and Nathaniel. Uh, conveniently, three other people. But we're, there's also this guy, Rosie, that hangs around. So it's, it's like, oh, there's five of them. It can't be them. That's what it takes. <laughs> there's five of these guys, and plus Tyler. So they're just cool guys who like to surf and play football on the beach. I appreciate that they're kind of like weary of... Johnny Utah joining the group here. But then Bodie's like, I know him. I saw him on the telly. We're playing football, but he played football real good. I love that like a bunch of the guys are like, hey, man, why are you being so good at football? He's, <laughs> it's like, because I played football. I don't understand how these other guys don't recognize Johnny Utah. They do everything together, which means they presumably have watched the Ohio State University play football on the television. Before. You would assume. Especially because this is a this is a rookie agent, two years out of college. So you know these guys have been hitting up banks allegedly. I don't know. Spoiler alert. Um, for many years. So clearly they're spending that time together that he would have been in college playing. And a name like Johnny Utah, you're not gonna forget that. You're not gonna forget Johnny Utah. There's like certain athlete names that you can't ever forget, like Coco Crisp. Remember him? Uh, who could forget Coco Crisp? Jeff Bookaboom. One of the best sports names of all time. <laughs> Such a good name. <laughs> Jeff Boogaboom. And Johnny Utah. It just flows. It's, it's like perfect. Johnny Unitas. You're not wrong. It's, in fact, it's a lot like it. It sure is. They call him like the Johnny Unitas guy in this movie. Yeah. And I also appreciate the convenient knee injury that they gave the character. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> Surely that won't come back. <laughs> Sometimes you got to injure your knee so you can go to law school and get into the FBI instead of going pro in football because then how would you have a plot for your movie well you could have him trying to master surfing even though he's deep undercover but barely <laughs> undercover i love that it's like he goes undercover but still uses his real name that's i mean it's that's a ballsy good. move but at the same time he's clearly a recognizable person so people would know they'd be like oh yeah you're johnny utah it's like, no i'm billy montana <laughs> Not that guy. I'm a different guy. I've seen you on TV. Nope. Not me. Not undercover. Maybe this isn't the guy you want to go undercover. The famous guy? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> He's got to come up with a backstory and everything. He's like, oh, uh, you know, I realized I was doing all this stuff for my parents and not living my own life. So I'd never seen the ocean. And now I want to learn to surf. And Keanu Reeves should be playing Stretch Armstrong in this movie. <laughs> Should be. Uh, perfect casting, by the way, if that ever happens. I'll watch the shit out of that. I totally would. Uh, if Barbie works, the movie Barbie, if it is as good as I think it's going to be, they should greenlight Stretch Armstrong the next day. <laughs> uh, Johnny Utah is fitting in with these servers. He's loving their lifestyle. He's making some new buds here. He needs these buds, too, it seems like. Yeah, it, it seems like he's at a point in his life where he needs some... Some good camaraderie. He's not quite getting it from Gary Busey. He's absolutely not. So following a clue that they retrieved by analyzing toxins that they found in the hair uh, of one of the bank robbers, because there's been 
so many robberies. The all the only piece of evidence they have is one strand of hair. They're just going around picking hair off of surfers on the beach, and and just not doing it in any kind of way that's inconspicuous. They're just like, hey, let me grab your hair, dude. That's some like Helga Pataki level of sociopathic. Oh yeah, They're, they probably have bubblegum statues of all these surfers <laughs> in their closets, <laughs> wrapping it around an actual football, worshiping in a closet. <laughs> A lot of football references in this one. As there should be. He was a football player. (laughs) Convenient that the surfers also enjoyed playing football on the beach. How about that? So uh, the the two agents, uh, Agent Busey and Agent Keanu Reeves, lead an (laughs) FBI raid against this gang of surfers that Keanu runs into on one of these beaches. When the results come back, they're like, oh yeah, it matches the... This area, the surfers from this area have the same chemicals in their hair, which is, wow. Speaking of playing Stretch Armstrong. (laughs) Yeah, but also, (laughs) how many agents does it take to qualify as a quote-unquote raid? Because this is only four, and they're very poorly planned because they're starting this raid before they even have their fourth because Keanu Reeves is late to showing up to his own raid because he was doing the sex with Lori Petty. He was doing beach sex with Lori Petty after a night of surfing. But four doesn't seem like enough for a raid. I feel like you need at least five. I feel like you need to at least outnumber the people you're raiding. Yeah, that's true. They know that there's four people that they're raiding. That's, what are you doing, one-on-ones? That's you're pretty seems... much doing, like, old-school team deathmatch Call of Duty style here. <laughs> like, oh, we gotta make sure the teams are set and even. Oh, man, there's girls in there. We're outnumbered. <laughs> And now one naked girl beats the shit out of one of the cops. She does, and good for her. <laughs> I love it, because they treat her as your, your typical, like, oh, there's somebody in there that has no idea what's going on. And she's like, no, nah, I'm going to kick your ass. It's great. Well, two of them die in there. Two of the raidees. Is it raidees if you're the one being raided? Because the, obviously the people on the outside of the raiders. They are the raiders. Uh, the, the Las Vegas raiders now. Not, That's right. No longer the Oakland Raiders. Nothing's about to be Oakland anything anymore. <laughs> I love how the city of Las Vegas is pretty much not so much running the Dennis system, not so much running the Mac system, but they're running the Frank system. We're they here are, for the scraps. We're here for the scraps. <laughs> uh, yeah, Las Vegas just keeps dropping its magnum condom for its monster dong. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So this raid is going to inadvertently blow the cover of a DEA undercover agent who's already been in there. And I like how mad he gets. Like, I appreciate how mad. mad. But then he's not mad enough to be like, I'm going to file a report. He just like storms off. Tom Sizemore gets so mad. That was Tom Sizemore? That was Tom Sizemore. Oh, my God. That guy aged terribly. Yeah, he did. Like, he's Mickey Rourke level of bad aging. That's, I mean, that is the name of the level. It's bad. It's real bad. Mickey Rourke did not age well. <laughs> no, no, he did not. Yeah, that's, uh, that is Tom Sizemore, and he's been undercover as a DEA agent for three years, and they finally started to trust him, and they were going to give up the source. That is until, you know, Keanu Reeves is like, yeah, they're definitely the ex-presidents. <laughs> and they, they raided the place, and a bunch of people died. Now, you see what I did was I pulled random hair off of people at the beach. And then I put it on a football, and we tested the football, and it said, just do it. <laughs> then we realized it was a Nike-sponsored football. Plus, I conveniently got revenge on the guys who beat me up at the beach. How about that? 
Excellent. So later that day, uh, they go surfing again because it's a surfing movie. That's right. And Johnny Utah sees Bodie's group out there on the waves, just shredding it up. The four of them so close together. And he's like, wait a minute. Four equals four. So now Whoa. they're the new suspects. Also, it helps that one of the guys moons the other guys. And he's like, that's just like they do in the, in the surveillance video. Yeah, the surveillance video shows one of them mooning. It has, well, it's just a butt. Does it say thank you on his butt? I think it says thank you on his butt, yeah. So that's pretty neat that they planned out a mooning. I don't know why I like that so much. It shows a bit of professionalism that it this does. wasn't just all just right. smash and grab. It's not. <laughs> we, we thought this out ahead of time. We're not just in here on a whim to steal your money. We, we planned this out. We, right. We got the guy who is going to uh, run in there. He's going to get a hold of the tellers. We have the other guy who's going to stand on the counter and dictate all the terms to everybody. Tell everybody, yo, stay cool. This is fine. You have the other guys who are going to grab the money and also keep an eye on the people, make sure they're not going. And you have the mooner. And then, yeah, and, and don't, don't forget you got the guy who's got to write thank you on the mooner's ass. That's a good point, dude. Who do you think does it? <laughs> I want to say, was it, uh, was it LBJ's ass? I feel like you're getting weirdly close to like a Weird Al reference. <laughs> Showed LBJ his butt, his butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I forgot all about the Gump song. It's very good. It's excellent. Um, I'm I'm just gonna assume that Bodie is is down with writing on people's asses. Patrick's lazy can write my ass all day if he wants exactly. to. Exactly, like it's who's fine with me. Write whatever you want. I'm not looking back there. Be fine. <laughs> you write a message to the fine people of the bank, and I don't even have to know what it says. I will just moon <laughs> them on the way out. Your money is insured, so you have no reason to fight us. It's, I mean, it's a it's a good thing. They go in there. They do the damn thing. Is this the part now where they do the worst stakeout of all time? <laughs> it's less of a stakeout and more of a meatball out. <laughs> Fair enough. But Papa's going to send Johnny Utah to go get a couple meatball sandwiches. Then instead of watching the bank, he decides to read his funny papers. Right. Yeah, because Johnny went and tailed Bodie for a while, and he saw him case this bank. He's like, I think it's them. Let's go check out this bank. And for some reason, all of a sudden, Busey does not care about the case anymore. All he cares about is eating the ass out of a dead rhino. Exactly. So naturally, while Johnny Utah is getting these sandwiches, the bank's going to get robbed. Of course. And, and then we're going to get a chase scene. For 90 seconds. And you want to know it's a bold move when you're undercover? Is chasing people. It is. Especially if you think you know who they are, and you know that they know who you are. Bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to chase you in broad daylight, shoot at you, and then go home. Or... You're going to dive into a canal and hope that your shit knee doesn't go shit, which it totally does, <laughs> and then totally fire straight does. up into the air. So we have a cool scene to talk about in Hot Fuzz 20 years later. Exactly. Look, I could shoot this guy, but I'm pretty sure he's Bodie, and I think he's my friend. So I'm not going to kill him. I mean, I could probably just shoot him in the leg and slow him down, but no, I'm going to shoot directly into the air and empty the clip. After shooting at what I suspect are my friends, I'm just going to go home and uh, hang out with Tyler. Oh, there's worse things you could do. There are worse things you could do. You could be, you could have just had your heist kind of ruined. You just go hang out at a campfire. You want to know what is really good to put on campfires on the beach to make sure that it burns properly? What's that? Exposition? Yes. It burns we real well. We need exposition to, to burn up so we can confirm that, in fact, everything 
that just happened was what Keanu thought it was. The thing that happened, happened. <laughs> We're going to do a quick zoom in on on Patrick Swayze's eyes in a mask. And then we're going to go like, by the way, yes, that was him. <laughs> I can recognize those eyes anywhere, baby. I'll stare <laughs> at him all day if you give me the chance. In case it wasn't completely obvious from that last scene. Yes. Yes, they are. They are the ex-presidents. <laughs> of course, Tyler is going to find uh, Johnny Utah's FBI badge this very scene. So things are going to start moving along. And she's going to hold it at gunpoint. And then she's like, ah, I don't believe you at all. Do you even have parents? And he's like, yeah, they're alive. They live in Ohio. And she's like, I'm out of here. Angrily. Well, Johnny Utah is pretty upset about it, too, because he makes a phone call. And then he goes <laughs> skydiving. He leaves the <laughs> longest voicemail of all time. Like, I'm sorry that I have parents. And my mom's name isn't even Martha. That would be the part that hurt the most, I think. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, it's okay that you lied about them being alive, but you had to lie about her name? <laughs> Why did you lie about that name? <laughs> no, my favorite thing to do after shooting a gun at my friends who are robbing a bank is to then go skydiving with them the next day and act like nothing happened. I love the skydiving scene in the plane oh. because it is now pretty understood both sides, Johnny Utah yes. and the ex-presidents, know who each other are, but they are definitely not saying it. But I feel like they also know that the other person knows at the same yeah. time. Yeah, the way they're passing around these these uh, packed parachutes is so good. It just is the perfect level of escalation because they give Johnny Utah a parachute and he says, who packed it? And Bodie's <laughs> like, I packed it. And you know what? If you're not safe with that one, here's a different one. Here's it's the mine. old switcheroo that you're not right. ready for. And they're just passing packs around up there. Could it's anybody's crazy. <laughs> did you think the parachute was going to go off when he jumped? I didn't. Okay. I kind of thought it did because I thought it was just a whole lot of mind fuckery that they were all playing with each other. Yeah. Like, I feel like for as bad of a guy as Bodhi is, he respects the game too much. And that game is adrenaline. The, the game is adrenaline. And he also has a feeling that Johnny Utah doesn't really like his, his FBI job. And he probably is easily swayed by getting a little bit of that adrenaline in his system. He's not wrong. He's not wrong because Johnny Utah has the fucking time of his life. Yeah, he does. But I also like how Bodie completely takes the whole situation back after it. He pulls Keanu Reeves into a van and says, hey, watch this video. Yeah, that's Rosie's holding Tyler hostage. I know it's you, bro. I know it's you. I know it's you too, bro. I know it's you. What? Whoa. What? We know it's each other, man. So obviously, uh, Bodie is going to blackmail. Johnny Utah into participating in the ex-president's last bank robbery of the summer. And they conveniently don't have a mask for him. They do not have a mask for him. They just What a move. Leave him out there face first. And you know what the worst thing ever is whenever you're robbing a bank? What's that? Is an off-duty cop being in there? That's the last thing you want in a bank while you're robbing it. Well, that's the second to last thing you want. An on-duty cop would probably be worse. Because it is his duty. Exactly. To do something like, about it. The off-duty cop to. has a choice. He's like, oh, I feel I should, like. I should probably do something about this, but like, headquarters isn't going to know I was here. My job is to protect and serve between the hours of nine and five. <laughs> I'm on lunch. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, another thing that's going to make your bank robbery go awry is going off book and deciding for the first time ever that 
yeah, you know what? We're going to hit the vault this time. We've got Johnny Utah with us. I love that so much because within this group, there's like, we never hit the vault. This is odd. I don't like this at all. And Grom is going to get got because they went off book. They went off book and LBJ is, is going to get, get killed by the off-duty cop. Payback for his JFK murder. Yeah, well, exactly. And then the off-duty cop is also going to get got. And so is the bank guard just to, you know, even out things nicely. Tie a bow on it. I love the way that Wikipedia words this because it says, Outraged by Gromit's death, Bodie knocks out Utah and leaves the scene. And I don't know if it means leaves the scene of the crime or the scene of the movie. Because <laughs> here it's one of the same. <laughs> That's true. I like that it says he knocks out Utah because Wikipedia loves to use last names. And it sounds like Bodie is knocking out an entire state. Not a hard state to knock out. If you're going to knock one out, it's a safe bet. And you want to know is criminal and Wikipedia should be arrested for it? What's that? Is that it took him this long to mention John fucking C. fucking McGinley. Yeah, that is criminal. That you were not going to mention Dr. Cox until now? Wikipedia, you are a girl's name. <laughs> Listen up, Bambi. John C. McGinley is their superior. He's their boss, man. He is the FBI director, Ben Harp. And he hates Gary Busey, and he hates more Keanu Reeves. For no reason. Like, Keanu Reeves shows up in the first scene, and John C. McGinley is already like, hate you, you're the worst, fuck you, get out of my face. So he has Johnny Utah arrested for armed robbery. Sure does. When he was a clear hostage in this entire situation. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's so obvious. But uh, Gary Busey's like, let me take him into the station. They get into the car, and he's like, Yeah, I'm not bringing you to the station. You know where they're going? And Johnny Utah's like, of course I know where they're going. So they head to the airport where Bodie Roach and Nate are about to leave for Mexico. There's a whole big old shootout happening here. People sneaking up behind people. We're really just knocking people off so we could get Johnny Utah alone with Bodie at the end of this thing. They can finally have their mano-a-mano. Right. And Roach, who's been injured but is still there with the money, can be pushed out of the, the, the flying plane. You know, like flying planes do. Flying plane. Um. (laughs) Can you describe air travel more, please? This is fascinating. Yeah, so like planes (laughs) take off, and then they're in the sky, and that's called flying. They go fast enough to have a war with gravity, and then they maintain that war with gravity, but really high up. There's something called lift, and I'm not sure how that works, because I think it's an elevator in Britain. Basically, there's two parachutes. Bodie and Roach take them, and then Keanu Reeves is going to dive through the air, shootless, and catch up to them. And um, then there's a hole. You pull the cord. No, you pull it. You got to drop the gun. Pull the cord. That's a pretty sweet game of chicken, though. It sure is. It's like, hey, uh, we're both going to die. And really, Keanu's just like, I have to save Tyler. Can't do that if you're dead, bro. You're the only one who knows where she is. I can't let you die. So, you know, he drops the gun, pulls the cord. They land. Of course, he hurts his knee again. Of course he does. <laughs> this fucking... We should mention that Gary Busey died in the last scene. Yeah, he got lit up pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Did Roach also die? I know Roach was shot in the chest on the plane, and then they pushed him out with his parachute, but uh, Roach, I don't know if he died or not. I don't think Roach survives um, the landing. That's what got him? Yeah. The fall? Yeah. I've... <laughs> Like he's alive when he leaves the pair when he leaves the air- airplane, the flying plane. Sure. Um, and he shoots down, and his his parachute is is opened, but he is laying dead, surrounded by the money on the ground. So 
that's not a bad way to go when you think I, about it. I guess, like, oh, I've been like, shot, you're awful, but yeah, at least sure I get one dead, more thrill. But still, it, well, you got to figure the adrenaline keeps him going a little bit longer. A little bit. But, like, on the plane, he's like, I'm getting cold. And Keanu Reeves is like, yeah, that's because you're dying. That's you're the blood out. leaving your body. Now, you, the thing about that is that you got blood in you. It's a liquid, and it fuels you. <laughs> when it leaks out, that's bad. You want to keep the red stuff in your body. Whoa. I'm going to explain blood like Brian explains airplanes. <laughs> so uh, Rosie shows up because this was the meat, the meat spot. The meat spot? The yeah, me- the spot where they eat the meat. Um, Rosie shows up, How releases Arby's Tyler. not referred to the restaurants as meat spots yet? <laughs> right? Gather at the meat spot. We have what we're calling the meat. Wing spot, like, understood what they were doing. Yeah. Like, what do you got there? Wings. What does Arby's got? Meat. Meat spot. Whoa! hey That felt good. <laughs> felt like a lightning bolt just hit my penis when I came with that bit of marketing. <laughs> Rosie releases Tyler because Bodie's at the, at the meat spot. And she's dressed in, like, lingerie almost? Like, what was yeah. he doing? I don't know. He had her tied up, he had a knife against her throat, and now she's in a little nighty running toward Keanu. Ah, As you do, yeah. You're here. And then, uh, because Roach is dead, Bodie picks up the money, he and Rosie take off, and then they just leave Tyler and Johnny there in the middle of the Mexican desert. And SpongeBob style, nine months later. Johnny Utah has tracked Bodie to Bell's Beach in Victoria, Australia, where the record storm is producing lethal waves. This is something that Bodie referenced earlier in the movie. He's like, oh, the 50-year storm. I'm going to ride the biggest waves that have ever existed. It's going to be totally radical, brah. How did Wikipedia not lean into this so hard? They're saying, Australia is where a record storm is producing lethal waves. This is where Wikipedia could have done a goof him up. Like, be like, could have. Where the storm is going to be producing some gnarly fucking tubes, man. <laughs> gnarly fucking tubes, as stated by Wikifuckipedia. <laughs> That's how you get my dollar. <laughs> what if there was like a Wikipedia after dark? Like Ooh. if you access Wikipedia in incognito mode, it's just the coolest stuff ever. What if Wikipedia had a separate mode where if you pay the dollar, you get access to Wikipedia after dark? And it's all the same information. It's just cooler. Now, describe cooler. Like, like it would say, wicked fucking tubes, brah. <laughs> what I was thinking about is like Wikipedia after dark here of like, uh, Wikipedia, where do babies come from? From fucking. Exactly. And it just leaves it at that just cool and it's like got it cool but awesome. fucking fucking is underlined and if you click it it brings you to an actual wikipedia page about where of it, intercourse from. proper intercourse yes exactly i like that but it's very cool because it but says it's super cool fucking oh it's wikipedia but with swear words and sometimes it'll treat you like an, like an asshole like if you ask a stupid question wikipedia after dark will be like come on man really really <laughs> just belittles you <laughs> Uh, what's your age to go on Wikipedia after dark? Okay, so you're in your 30s and you're really looking up flat earth? That's what you're doing right now? <laughs> really? 
Really, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. fuckface? Mary Cheryl <laughs> Hines from Curb Your Enthusiasm fame? We don't talk about that enough? No, really? we don't. We definitely don't talk about that enough. He's on record of like having an affair with 37 different women, and she's just like, I do. Try not to have any affairs on your way through to the altar. I mean, Jeez. that is full-blown cult bait. That, that if you have access to those facts and you are still willing to walk down the aisle. I think I can change him. Let me introduce you to my friend Allison Mack. <laughs> uh, remember Smallville? <laughs> it got weird. It's a weird show to watch now. Yeah, it is. Anyway, there's this 50-year storm. <laughs> Johnny Utah attempts to bring in Bodie and Bodie's like, nah, I don't want to get arrested because obviously. Of course you don't want to get arrested. So they start fighting on the beach, and uh, Johnny Utah cuffs him. He's like, oh, you got me, darn. It's like, come on, man, don't be a dick. Let me ride this giant wave. And Keanu Reeves is like, fine, it's going to kill you. And he unlocks the <laughs> handcuff and just lets him paddle out into the, into the abyss. Well, I like how many people they brought to this beach raid because it is so many. They finally learned how to do a proper raid. They were they like, all right, it's it. one to guy. We got to bring, bring more than one guy because it's one guy. Does he have a weapon? He's wearing a wetsuit. We can see it pretty easily. <laughs> and the answer is yes. In his pants. High five, Dr. Cox. There it is. <laughs> uh, the little Swayze. I love how Keanu's like walking away and the FBI's like, well, get him. He comes back. He's like, he's not coming back, bro. Yeah. Bodie's going to kill himself via sick-ass tubular wave homicide. Arrest that wave, bro. <laughs> You're going to have to bring in those sick shreds. That's not a thing that people say. That's, <laughs> I am clearly not a surfer. Uh, might be the wrong demographic for this movie, Brian. You're going to have to, like, arrest those sick waves, bro. You better cuff those sweet tubes, bro. How great would it be if this movie ended with just one of those cops? Just throwing his cuffs into the ocean. Like, <laughs> we got him. And then he like puffs on his cigar. It's it's not that different than how it does end because Johnny Utah just kind of tosses his FBI badge into the ocean. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> consider yourself arrested or consider me resigned. And that right there is point break from 1991 during my Catherine <laughs> fucking Bigelow. Yeah. This movie rules. This movie's so good. Pretty damn hard it rules. I understand why it was on the audience list three times. It's probably not enough, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I'm actually disappointed in a lot of you for not having that as your pick. I think story and motivation, we're looking at a solid six, maybe a seven. I like it, so I'm inclined to go seven. Boom, there you go. Boom, casting. It's fantastic. It's absolutely incredible, this casting. Keanu crushes it. Swayze crushes it. Lori Petty is there. Yeah. For whatever reason. And for whatever reason she's there for, she crushes it. Anthony Kiedis, for some reason, crushes He's it. He's there? John C. McGinley? Duh. Question. Um, If you had the ability to cast any member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers in a movie, who would it be and why is it Flea? <laughs> I was just going to say, it's totally Flea before you finished it. But uh, <laughs> no, you're right. It always should be Flea. Actually, Flea has been in a lot more movies than Anthony Kiedis He's been in a ton. And for good reason. <laughs> Absolutely. Casting in this thing, perfect 10. Perfect 10. Um, Staple of the 90s. Almost with a Swayze bump. 
if I'm it's, being honest. I, I went nine in my head with McGinley bump. Oh, I, I'm always here for a McGinley bump. This movie actually was in development hell for a while, and uh, they talked to Matthew Broderick for for Johnny Utah. I would arrest you today, but it's my day off, Wig. <laughs> Sorry, I saw a horse that I found very attractive for a second there. <laughs> um, also, Johnny Depp. They really wanted to give it to Johnny Depp. I'm still hooked on Sarah Jessica Parker horse face. <laughs> <laughs> um, other names, Charlie Sheen. Wouldn't be bad. Willem Dafoe. As who? As Johnny Utah. I would like to move the casting down to a nine. Because uh, <laughs> that movie, that movie would have been something. Whenever Willem Dafoe is rumored didn't get it, I feel like we automatically knock a point off of whatever it is. I like that. I, I don't hate that. Nine. Boom. I, I just feel like Willem Dafoe as a surfer would feel very Steve Buscemi, hello, fellow teens. Well, you see, Bodie, I'm something of a surfer myself. <laughs> uh, and Val Kilmer. Fine. Yeah, whatever. Fine. That would have been the obvious choice, I feel like. Yeah. So, yeah, nine for casting. Protagonist, Johnny fucking Utah. I don't know how I feel about him at all. Like, <laughs> he has a job to do, and he's actively not doing it. It feels like this guy has no sense of direction whatsoever. He's like, I don't know what team I'm on. But he's playing both sides fully, and therefore yeah. he's not playing any side at all. Right. I think he's only okay. He's got a kick-ass name, and it is Keanu. And it I want to go with a five, I guess. A five. Feels that dirty. Feels, it feels low, but yeah. You know, you make very good arguments, actually. <laughs> what team is this guy on? He doesn't know, so I don't know. Antagonist. Bodie's awesome. Bodie's so fucking good. I love how charismatic he is, and he feels so real. Yeah. I guess the way to look at it. He's a bank robber. Fine. He's a surfer. Fine. He plays those off totally separately. Yeah. He's so down to earth. He's so easy to talk to in this movie. He never, ever, ever, ever steals a scene, which I feel like. Which is impressive because of, I mean, look at the man. Exactly. But the thing is, whenever he's on scene, it's kind of like a Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like, whenever that guy's on screen, you can't take your eyes off. Oh, him. big time. And that is sort of what Patrick Swayze's doing, but he's not stealing it. But he's not stealing it. He is just Like you're waiting it. for him to go over the top kind of like Keanu is, and it yes. never happens. It never happens. And I 100% could see myself falling into the same scheme. 100% Bodhi has that charisma that is going to convince you to do the thing. Absolutely. 10? Yeah, I think we kind of have to. I think we have to. Screenplay. It's not bad. It's not bad. I don't know if it's necessarily good either, but it's it definitely is, uh, not bad. Written by W. Peter Illiff and Rick King, also with a with an uncredited rewrite by Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron. I kind of want to go with six. It's yeah. a pretty tight screenplay. This movie doesn't overstay its welcome by any means. It does not. I like the ambiguous ending of, of did Bodhi actually get arrested or did he die, which is not that ambiguous because in the commentary for one of James Cameron movies... He, he reveals that Bodhi totally died. Spoilers. Jesus, James. Could you imagine watching the, the director's commentary for another movie and getting spoiled the ending of this movie? Uh, you're on the Jimmy Cam. Just want to <laughs> let you know that Bodhi totally ate it. Yeah, he killed himself via 
gnarly waves. I still don't know what to call them. <laughs> Six for screenplay. Style and tone. Again, I'm not sure. Because this movie wants me to like surfing really hard. Yeah, it, well, it needs to be believable that this is a lifestyle that would, would, would suck in an accomplished FBI agent, a Quantico graduate with head of his class. Which it does, though. Because, again, I had no interest in surfing at all, but the way that they describe surfing in this is how you are literally on top of Mother Nature with no control. You are kind yeah. of taming nature in a way. In a, I mean, if you have those little waves where you have the fucking boogie boarders looking at their shark board or whatever, like that's not <laughs> the same I mean, That shark is winking and smiling, and there's a little bit of a shine on his teeth, so you know. Why does it say baby shark do do do? <laughs> I thought this was cool. No, I'm really Dad, this not. isn't as cool as you said it was. Boogie boarding's for losers, son. I have no son. <laughs> uh, style and tone. I dig it. I think it's an eight. Yeah, I like that. Director. She crushes it. She absolutely crushes it. She took what should be a ridiculously goofy story. And made me care and made it awesome. This is a whole lot more violent than I thought it would be. I agree. I did not expect. I don't know what I was expecting, but it was not what I got. And I'm not upset about it. I'm not either. She directs the hell out of Keanu, directs the hell out of Bodhi, directs the hell out of the action and the yeah. calmer scenes. It all works. Nine. In the early 90s, too, when, when uh, a female action director is something of a rarity. <laughs> It is still, Brian. Still. It is still. still. She also went on to, you know, direct The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, but... Yeah, she's got that little golden boy named Oscar. She's, she's definitely got... And she bit out Jimmy Cam for it. Yeah. Even better. <laughs> I'm going nine. I like Katie it. Katie Biggs nine. crushed it. She is fantastic. Music. Mark Isham. I'm not running out to buy this thing on vinyl, but it's not bad. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I really dig... The soundtrack, the score, I don't care about at all. I don't remember anything from the score, except that I remember the opening scene. I was like, this seems pretty dramatic. Yeah, it did. These slow motion shots of surfers intercut with Keanu Reeves rolling around and shooting guns. I'm thinking four. Four. Max, and that feels a little high. But well, I do want to yeah. mention that Nobody Rides for Free, the rat song, was was. Made for this movie, and it made oh, the greatest hits. Cool. So you know, that's all right. The Rat Bump. Uh, I'm not sure it is because I do have <laughs> Faith No More's greatest hits, and the A side is amazing, and the B side I've never heard anything from it. Well, it's Faith No More. I know, but Rat also I feel like falls into that category. <laughs> You're 100 right. <laughs> so what do we say? Four. Four for music. I think. Box office. Uh, this this movie released the same week as Boys in the Hood and the 1991 re-release of 101 Dalmatians, uh, both of which finished ahead of it, but still finished behind Terminator 2: Judgment Day, which was in its third week. Wow! All right. So yeah, Point Break came in fourth in its opening week, but it did eventually make 83 million dollars on a 24 million dollar budget, which is a 348 percent return. That's a nine on our scale. That's a biggie. That is big. And then the final category is impact on the industry. I think it's pretty huge. I think it's enormous. And it's mostly because Catherine fucking Bigelow. Catherine fucking Bigelow is one of the reasons. 
Um, also, U.S. rentals for this movie alone hit $20 million. God damn, so, you that's know, huge. You're in the, in the heyday of Blockbuster here when this thing came out. It also inspired a reboot or a remake in 2015. Sure. But more importantly, this is the main inspiration for the Fast and Furious franchise. And that thing's got 10, and the 10th one was the last one until it wasn't. Until it was, until they were like, we're actually going to make it a two-parter, and, or maybe three, but also we have spinoffs. There's like 130 Fast and Furious movies. I wish I knew how to quit you, family. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking 10. I 10. think it's enormous. I think it's huge. It and is. I like it, damn it. And I like it, damn it. That is going to give Point Break a total score of 77. Once again, dangerously close. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, critically, this thing is a 70%. And audience okay. score is somehow only 79%. Oh, wow. But that That's... is too close. Too close. Too close. close. There will be no pounding of drinks tonight. But just know that... We came close. We sure did. That's been Point Break. Get your audience picks in there. You never know what's going to get picked. It's all random. Special thanks to Ben Carruth for this one. Brian, I believe next week is your pick, so why don't you beer us a movie? Well, uh, it's not supposed to be my pick, but I am going to be away next week. It became your pick. So so what's going to happen is uh, we're going to have somebody fill in for me. Uh, a voice you might be familiar with if you are on our Patreon, because he's been in so many of our Patreon he's episodes. so many. Or if you listen to our, our old show, The Cape Podcasters, you know uh, Dave Novak is going to be on the episode, In My Place. Yeah, it's just going to be a couple Daves doing what Daves do. Oops, Oops all, Daves. all Daves. I love it. But for that reason, I figured I would beer both of you a movie. Terrified, um, by the way. Terrified. And, and seeing that it's going to, this episode's going to fall on the 3rd of July, I was like, maybe we should celebrate the birth of our nation. Like Independence Day? That's fingers or crossed. Like birth of a nation. No, not uh, allowed. Not Against allowed. the not rules. Allowed. No, Against the rules. Um, so instead, I figured the, um, the hills could be alive with Don't the you sound fucking dare. Don't you fucking dare. Of puppets? Oh? You guys are going to be talking about Team America World Police. <laughs> I don't hate that. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of music, but the music is America. Brian likes to fuck with me because, as Brian has once stated, I, too, am a slut for musicals, and I hate the sound of music. Mm. Uh, don't do that. Don't you make me flaccid, then get me hard again. That can't be healthy. <laughs> that, that's setting yourself up for some sort of injury, I'm sure. Absolutely. Brian, that's a fantastic pick. I can't wait to talk with Dave Novak about it next week, because next week, Team America, World Police. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, send us your movie suggestions for next month's listener pick, and uh, of course, our patrons always get double picks, so... Subscribe to our Patreon. This month, we're talking about Bat Out of Hell, the meatloaf record in a, in a Beer Me a Record exclusive episode over there. So tune in for that. You can also email your picks to beermemoviepod at gmail.com or hit us up on social media at beermemoviepod on Twitter, at beermemovie on everything else like Facebook, where we always put up a post on our recording day asking for your questions and comments. And I read a few already, and we got one as we were recording, and it is from Mike Lanham. He said, recasting couch. Pick a Keanu role, but give it to Swayze. Now the movie Ooh. is better. What film is it? Ooh. I want Swayze and Constantine. I 
don't hate that at all. Yeah. Can I go point break? Is that against the rules? Wait, so like just switch their roles? Yeah. Just do the old flipperoo. That would be a different movie for sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily better, but it's different. <clears throat> all right. And also he says, now do it again, replace Swayze with Keanu. And I'm instantly going ghost. Oh, <laughs> Keanu and Ghost would be insane. I would watch Keanu do pottery all day. I think I want Keanu and Dirty Dancing. That'd be so good. <laughs> so good. Great question, Mike. That's Great excellent. question, Vincent. Great question, Jeff. Great question, Micah. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. This was a fun one. Brian, do you have anything else? That is it for me. Fantastic. Next week, it's Oops All Daves when we talk about Team America World Police. We'll see you then. Oops.